Welcome to the Living Movies Podcast, brought to you in part by Water and Shade Media. I'm your host, John Schindel, and this week I'm joined by Jared Bateman and Jed Rao, and we're here to talk about another Pixar movie, Ratatouille. So, Jed, you said that you watched this movie earlier tonight with your children. Did, did that actually happen? Uh, it wasn't earlier tonight. It was earlier today. But does that count? I mean, I guess. So <laughs> it, was, it was pretty recently. We won't call you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. What were, what were yours and your children's reactions after watching this movie? Uh, my kids have seen it before, but they didn't remember because I guess it's been like two or three years and they're seven and nine. And apparently two or three years means that you forget things like as if you were drunk or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's it's a, it's, a con, it's a conversation we've had a lot in our house recently that kids have <laughs> memories like drunk people. Everybody else remembers what the kids do, but the kids don't remember any of it. Wow. I mean, comparatively for them, I mean, that's like the equivalent of being, you know, like 10 years ago for us. That's that's true. That's Which that's I also fair. still that's remember fair. pretty vividly. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad some of us do. Uh, no, they they very much enjoyed Ratatouille. Uh, in fact, their favorite movie for, I don't know, three or four years was Cars. And I asked them afterwards, what do you think of this compared to Cars? And they were like, it's about the same. We like them both equally. So that was, wow. that was about the highest indeed. praise. I mean, they, did, they didn't put it up there with Star Wars. Star Wars is their current favorite because we have started watching the Star Wars movies. Um, but they, they did put it on the same tier as, as Cars, which for them is, is about the highest price. So. That's, that's pretty high up there. That's impressive. Because yeah. I'll say that I hadn't watched this movie until this weekend when I sat down and I watched it. And Jared and I talked about this on the last show. Is we're getting into this time in Pixar where it was after I graduated from high school, but before I had kind of grown out of my I'm too cool for kids movies phase. So <laughs> there's a whole generation of Pixar movies that I just haven't seen. So yeah, so I watched this one for the first time a couple days ago and I came away from it being like, eh, it was all right. Uh, I think what I realized, so we, we dug down into it a little bit to try to figure out why they liked it. Because I realized throughout the movie that there were things that they were just not understanding. Um, mm -hmm. like they understood that it was a rat that understood humans that was cooking yummy food. They didn't really understand the bad guy, the, the, the critic guy. They didn't understand him and they huh. didn't really understand the motivations of the, the head chef who didn't want the, uh, what's the rat's name? Remy. Remy. Didn't want Remy and his human friend Linguini to take over the restaurant even though they could legally because Linguini was the old restaurant owner's son and da, 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 da. My kids didn't understand that one iota, but they loved the craziness. They loved the idea of a talking rat. Um, th so they, they liked that part, but they didn't understand a lot of it. And they're, they're seven and nine, so I, I don't know what that should tell Pixar, but there you have it. Well, I feel like a lot of this movie kind of slotted in for that older child uh, enjoyment, you know, when we're mm -hmm. talking about the legal side of who gets property after somebody dies, like right. kids don't care. Right. There was, there was a lot of story in this one that I, I don't think was there for children. It was more there to make a, to make a good and full and complete movie. So I, I you know, I saw this one as less of a children's story 
I mean, yes, it's still enjoyable for children, but as a story itself, it wasn't really a kid's story. It was more, it was more of an adult story. It, it was, and it had an artsy feel to it. Like it, it, it was, it was trying to do more than just be, I don't know, a kid's movie, a, a talking rap movie. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely kind of in the middle in some ways of Pixar movies. It's it's not as just kind of like generically kid-friendly like Bugs Life or Cars. Um, and it doesn't quite have the depth from like Up or The Incredibles or something like that. But it's pretty close on both counts. <laughs> like the, the motivations behind the characters, I mean... As I kind of rewatched it, I was like, oh, yeah, there were some like extra layers. There were like a lot of things going on as far as kind of like character development and kind of morals in the story. It wasn't just kind of like Mm -hmm. there's one or two morals and that's your takeaway. Um, There were were actually kind of a couple things going on. Um, But at the same time, like it's a rat who cooks food. (laughs) Lots of slapstick. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this movie was really well received. Uh, it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and, and an 8.7 out of 10 for users. Roger Ebert gave it a 4 out of 4. So it it was it was very well received at the time. It won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, a super well received movie. Now, that said, had anybody just come along and ripped it apart? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That would have been kind of counter to the whole message that the movie sends yeah well, right yeah i feel like that would be a hard critic. movie to review here we are <laughs> oh yeah i guess i guess that's true oh, well you can't be too critical. anyway given it's about a critic who's too critical right. uh-huh hmm well and one of the things i i learned as i did some random internet research is that the the gosh what's his name the the head chef gusto so gusto uh there are a lot of people who think that he's based on an actual french chef who committed suicide <gasps> after he after he learned that because of poor reviews his restaurant was going to lose a michelin star so it's going to go from a three star to a two star restaurant so oh. he killed himself so now they changed it a little bit because gusto didn't kill himself but he he died because of the sadness, it overwhelmed him or something. Right. So, or something. So I, so I can that's, see where you're coming from, Jared, saying that's that critics enough. shouldn't review too harshly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was interesting. The, 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 and and I, we talked a little bit before we started recording that the, the kitchens seem really well. And I, I, after the show, I'm going to sit down with my brother, who's a chef, and, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And we'll probably have that as a special at the end of the show. Uh, but the, the producers of this movie, they went to French, French restaurants and sat in French, uh, uh, cook places, kitchens is what they're called. (laughs) Cook places. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great wordsmith. (laughs) I'm a good word picker. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they, and, and so they actually got to, got to see the inner workings of these kitchens and see how this all, all related and all worked. So, you know, it seems like it's very, very well based in reality, but I don't know, still, still not, still not super a kid's movie in terms of overall story, even though it's great because, you know, slapstick humor is wonderful. Yep. 
My my kids loved the the scene of the old lady, you know, shooting out her ceiling and and then the rat, you know, running throughout the kitchen and they were they were on their the edge of their seats cuz they did not remember that scene at all. So like here's this rat running under a stove with the fire. And I love how the camera whenever it's whenever Remy is the main person in the scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the camera is usually from the rat's point of view, not from the yeah. human point of view. And it it was really neat just watching him run under fire and, and all these other crazy things. And my kids were like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were, they were loving all of that. And then the, the one biggest slapstick that both of them, like, like, I, I guess laugh out loud. I hate, I hate saying that LOL, but, Lol. but they did, but they were, they were lolling on the couch. And, uh, it was when they were, it was, uh, Remy and, and what's the, the human friend? Uh, spaghetti linguini. no linguini linguini they're learning to cook together and they accidentally throw some food through a window my kids <laughs> for whatever reason that just hit them and they were just rolling nice <laughs> there was some great slapstick kind of comedic timing moments in there yeah yeah and it absolutely hit my kids even though they didn't understand the full storyline the slapstick comedic stuff they were Hitting on every single time that that happened. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that's good to hear. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that children or at least your children enjoy this movie because that's that's not what I that's not what I would have expected when I came away from it. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. Because I'm a cynical old man, I guess at this point, and, <laughs> and I just hate things. Uh, Well, having said that, let's take a quick break and talk about the sponsor for this episode, and then we'll be back to talk about what this movie tries to teach us. See you in a minute. I know we talk about movies here, but something that's also important as parents is spending quality time away from screens, which is something that can be difficult. So I'm really excited to bring you Rooted Childhood. So each month of Rooted Childhood offers a curated set of stories, poetry, books, and eight simple handicraft projects, along with a detailed supply list, video tutorials, and beautiful photos for inspiration. Now, Rooted Childhood will help you spend quality time with your children instead of spending that time coming up with the next activity to do. This is something that my wife has used in the past when life just comes at us too fast and we need some help to figure out the right things to do with our kids. And it's been awesome. So if you're interested in finding out more about Rooted Childhood, follow the link in the show notes of this episode to check it out for yourself and to start exploring all the things that you can do with your children. All right. So this is the part of the show where we talk about the characters first and then the ideas that they present through throughout this movie. So there are a couple of characters that I think are are more important than the rest. You've got Remy, who's the rat, then you've got Linguini and you've got Skinner, the head chef. And I think they're kind of the the main drivers of this movie. And and you've got Anton Ego, who's the the critic, and he's he's kind of the bad guy, but but not really. He's just kind of there, I think. He's definitely meant to be scary. <laughs> I mean that when when they show his typewriter, it looks like a skull. When they show his office, it looks like a coffin. <laughs> like he's That's true. His his entire persona and when he's in his element he is designed to be very intimidating lots of death motifs <laughs> yeah oh, that's true i think he's more there to show the change in how you experience food though ah. less than to be the bad guy that's fair 
that's yeah he's not like the pre- yeah it's it's interesting you, you kind of have almost two antagonists but they're sort of different <laughs> you know they're, they're, it's not that there's quite the same kind of competition between protagonist and antagonist um, that you have with the food critic um, but he's definitely shadowed early on in the film as being this kind of um, anti to the cooks and then there is the scene where he confronts Linguini and he says you've been playing without uh, an opponent and you know essentially I'm your opponent I oppose all the cooks kind of thing um, except Linguini of, throws it back in his face and it's awesome it is it's <laughs> hilarious it's a great clapback for yeah it's what, what it's something like for somebody that likes food you you're awfully skinny or something yeah <laughs> yeah that and, one's a good moment <laughs> yeah and and the look on the guy's face like it's animated perfectly because the look on the food critic's face is like what <laughs> this guy just stood up to me <laughs> i'm not sure how i respond to that it's right great. right yeah so i i don't know i anton ego he, he seems I, I don't know he doesn't seem like he's the he's the he doesn't seem like he's a primary antagonist. No. I, I see the Skinner, right. the head chef being that guy because he's the one that that's that's actively trying to push Linguini away and trying to get him to fail and and trying to put him in situations where he's going to fail. He's the one who's this, doing all the scheming and and the plotting. Exactly. And the... Yeah. Uh, so then you've got Linguini, who's a, apparently the the child of Gusto, which uh, it's it's kind of a throwaway line, but he's apparently uh, a child from out of wedlock or something. <laughs> yep, most definitely. Yeah, that's a thing. And the good the movie does a good job of just kind of floating over that, but it's it's there. It is kind of an important part because like it was sort of kept hidden from him for a long time because it was a kid out of wedlock. Yeah. And so that is kind of like the first sort of half of the movie is him getting the restaurant, right? And so yeah. that is kind of the significant part is like, well, is he actually the is he actually the kid and they have to do this DNA test and all this kind of stuff to figure it out because all they have to go on is a letter and Yeah, we we actually ended up pausing the movie and I was like, Do you guys have any clue what's happening right now? Kind of this is me talking to my kids. Do you guys have any clue what's happening right now and why Linguini now has the restaurant? And they're like no, it this doesn't make any sense. So I, I like stopped and explained Wills, and I explained that you know uh-huh. Linguini was supposed to get it, and he didn't know it, and so we we took a good two or three five minutes, whatever it was, to explain that. And my kids were like, "Oh, I don't know if they actually got it," but they're like, "Okay, whatever, let's move on." Yes, yeah, stop talking, Dad, and play the movie again. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much. I I think that's what I it was. want more rats in <laughs> kitchens. Right, I've been there before. <laughs> Yeah, that's there's that, and so when I talk about it being not a kids movie, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is yep. you, you, uh, there's there's this weird legal stuff that's going on, it's a legal drama wrapped in, in the middle of this movie, and it it works. It's a it's a really good device. It just it I don't know. It's weird. So anyway, Linguini's the the you know Gusto's kid. Uh, he he says at some point he just doesn't want to disappoint anybody, and for a long time it's not been that hard because no one's been relying on him. And now people are now people have to rely on him and, and he's scared because he doesn't want to disappoint anybody. 
and I think that's I, I, I get the feeling that that's Linguini's like main focus in life is just kind of get through life and don't disappoint people. Yep. And then you've got Remy, who's the rat, who he wants to be more than he is. He wants to be a chef because Gusto said anybody can cook. And so he learned to read and he learned to, to cook and he learned that taste matters and he loves a full palate and all of these things. And Remy just wants to cook, but he's a rat. So, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, he's a he rat. He carries the bubonic plague, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, no, he washes his hands. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if him washing his hands is enough. <laughs> yeah, but we'll they move on from there. <laughs> but they, I, I guess, and maybe this is in ideas, but that is an idea that the movie presents is that cleanliness is next to godliness, and so, so you should wash your hands. Yep. A timely message for our day and age, right? Oh, so wash your hands, I guess, because Remy the rat does, and so it'll be okay. So maybe maybe that's our first big idea that's presented is is wash your hands before you make food. <laughs> and if there's one thing I've learned from my brother who is a chef when he teaches my children is whenever you get into the kitchen to do food, you wash your hands. Wow, nice. Yeah. Not that ha- have your I kids always picked do up my on that? Do. No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... It's something that he that he tries to preach, and I know that's because that's what they do in the in the kitchens. They'll pick it up eventually, someday maybe. So I guess that's our first big idea. The second big idea, unless you guys have any thoughts about characters to to go back to that, I think a lot of the big ideas are really tied to the characters themselves. Um, kind of, yeah. in a way, each one has its own kind of moral to teach you. Okay. So then, so then there are a couple morals that Remy teaches then Uh, the first, almost the biggest one that comes right along at the beginning is that stealing is wrong. Yeah. So that when we finished the movie, I asked my kids, did, were they trying to teach us anything in this movie? Mostly because I I was like, I want to, you know, have something to add to the podcast (laughs) and not just be the random guy that screws things up. Um. (laughs) So you stole from your kids. Stealing their ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I totally stealing their ideas. That's all right. They get they get fed. Um, <laughs> you're buying, um, you're right, buying ideas with food. Yeah, I'm paying paying for ideas with food. Uh, and their first thing, both of them said, uh, the thing we should learn here is to never steal. Stealing is bad. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's not what I ex- I took away from that. But yes, that is definitely one of the morals. Uh-huh. So, it is. Well, yeah. Gusto says it. Well, Remy, a number of times. Yeah, I mean Remy, Remy Gusto, the Gusto in Remy's head, <laughs> which I enjoyed a lot. They had a moment at one point where where Gusto is talking to Remy. Oh, it's when Remy learns that Luigi's the kid. He, you know, Gusto's there. He goes to Gusto's like, yeah, Luigi's your kid," and Gusto's like, "Luigi's my kid." It's like, why didn't you tell me? Gusto's going, Remy, I'm you. I don't know unless you know. I just found your out. Imagination. You only just found out, so I only just now knew. Yeah, it's pretty funny. My kids yeah. did not understand imagination. <laughs> Stowe. Like, why is there a ghost Gusto? Why is the picture talking to what? <laughs> My kids, that was over their head, hundred percent. Oh, they don't have imaginary friends yet. <laughs> I, they do, but it just didn't. 
to them, imaginary friends aren't dead people. Ah, wow. That's funny. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway, the, yeah, the, the idea is that uh, stealing's wrong. So, apparently, yeah. the movie yeah. does a good job at teaching that. There, so you, there go. you go. Score one yeah. for the movie. Actually, my, my wife and I were kind of talking about that, too, that it kind of, the, the whole idea of don't steal, contribute something instead um, is very kind of prevalent in in kind of a lot of the, the characters as well. I mean, even in an extent with the, uh, the critic, right? Because his whole kind of resolution at the end is that it's better to create than to tear down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true kind of, kind of relates to that same idea of you don't take things you contribute things you build things um, and that's kind of again with the, the whole thing between remy and his dad who's kind of another side character who ends up being kind of important in mm-hmm. in some in some significant character development is the whole idea you know the the remy's dad is the head of all the rat head of the rat clan and it's all about survival and you take what you can get so that you can not get caught by the humans and their rat traps and all this kind of thing. And, and Remy's whole point is like, well, maybe if we weren't pests, <laughs> they wouldn't want to kill us. <laughs> um, you know, so maybe instead of stealing things, we should be productive members of society. And that's, you know, what, what they kind of end up doing is helping out instead of stealing. So I can see how that's a, a prevailing theme. Well, and the line I think that's that really stands out to me is, you know, Remy and Remy and his dad. His dad has a name. I don't remember what it is. But anyway, they're they're having an argument and and the dad's saying, like, this is who we are, this is who we will always be. You can't change it and and that's just that's just the nature of it. And Remy retorts back, Nature is change. Yeah. The, the part that we can influence. It it starts when we decide to do something. And so, like, like you said, Jared, I think that's something that Remy's dad brings to the table is that we can change our situation. We can change where we're at. And we start to make that change by choosing to make a change, by choosing to do something different, by choosing to be better. And I think that's an important idea that it's kind of hidden there. Except in that scene, that scene makes it blatantly obvious. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. they, they kind of hit you upside the head with it, and that's, which I, I'm not saying is a bad thing. I think sometimes in movies you got to hit people upside the head with it, and in yep. that scene they make it like super obvious. They're like, you, you, if if you want there to be change, you have to be the change, and that's what that's Remy's whole thing. Yeah. So, oh, and it's and it's it's key to the movie, and, and and right after that idea is the next one. I think is that anyone. Anyone from any walk of life can become the greatest at something. You know, Remy's a rat and he becomes a, a, a virtuoso chef. You know, how many how many stories can you bring up of random nobodies who grew up to be the best at something? I mean, just look at musicians who you're like, yeah, grew up in Nowheresville, Kentucky and is, you know, whatever. It... <laughs> At the same time, there's also this this point that's brought up, and I don't remember which character says it, um, but that um, the the kind of motto of, of Gusteau's restaurant was anyone can cook. Um, and, and what they're saying is maybe it's the critic that says it. I don't remember now. Um, he does. Sure. Yeah. Anyone can cook. That doesn't mean everyone's going to be the best. But if you put yourself towards something, you can 
you can do it. You can do the thing. Um, so if you yeah. want to cook, you can cook. You can be a cook. You won't be like the best, but you can still do it. Um, there's no yeah. realm of life that's outside your sphere of ability, even if you're not the best at something, uh, which I think is a really good lesson uh, because I, I feel like in our... No, dead edge. Um, it's it's hard, at least for me, um, to want to do things that I'm not very good at, and 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 we kind of have this idea of you know you're going to specialize in something you know you're going to be the best yep. um, fill in the blank in your company you're going to be the best fill in the blank out of your family or of, of yeah you know whatever it is you, you you're the you're the go to guy for you know maybe it's cooking. When really there's value to just being able to do something, um, even if you're not the best at it, to be able to do it at all. Uh, and so that's definitely something that um, has been, I think, in a lot of ways, kind of countercultural idea of, of just trying to pursue good enoughness at lots of things and not being worried about having to be the best at something and just realizing that you can do it whatever it is um, so i yeah. think that's a really kind of cool one of those kind of like little ideas that's kind of thrown in you're like oh yeah that's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> it is well and it and it's good it's good to have a broad ability to do stuff and to know your limitations because mm -hmm. you know i enjoy cooking i am not a chef and i would hate working in a kitchen but i enjoy cooking I, you know i enjoy doing lots of things and i'm not very good at a lot of them yeah but it's it, good and and for kids like you can enjoy sports it doesn't mean you're going to be like the best, you know, fill in the blank. And I, I think again with, you know, yep. sports and the arts, this comes in super heavy um, where, you know, you want to make this into your career or something, you know, whether it's baseball or whatever it is. And, and just kind of realizing like, you're probably not going to be the best, but you can still do it. You know, you yeah. can still be good at baseball. You can be a player. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, make that your life's purpose, mm -hmm. but you can still do it. And you can find ways to enjoy doing that thing and find ways to incorporate that into your life and into your family. And enjoying doing things is good. And enjoying doing a, a wide variety of things is good. So I agree. I think that's, I think that was a, a good point that, that this movie brought up. Another idea that I think was brought up was one that Anton Ego brought up. And it's that uh, early in the movie, and this is, this is the change I was talking about earlier. Early in the movie, Anton Ego is all in on food needs to be super amazingly good. And his quote is, I don't like food. I love it. And if I don't love it, I don't swallow. I eat, I, I you know, the food is only worth eating if it's amazing. Which is probably then, why he's so skinny. Which is probably why yes. he's so skinny because <laughs> not all food is amazing. A lot of times you just, you eat because you have to, because you have to continue living and your body needs fuel. But what, what Anton realizes at the end of the movie is yes, good food is important. And yes, it's good for your food to taste good. But what's more important than that is the people that you share your food with and the, the environment that you, that you eat your food in. It, it's not so important that you eat the best food ever. It's that you're in good company. Yeah, and you don't want your cynicism 
to be a barrier to people trying things, right? Because I think that's that's part of his kind of monologue towards the end. Um, yeah. Is about how his you know, how how the whole criticism is. Um, it's easy to do. It's very easy to be critical um, and to say, "Oh no, it's you know this isn't excellent food. It's only mediocre." <laughs> um, <laughs> but that discourages people from trying. Right to an extent, like it's 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 one mm-hmm. thing to to measure something for its value, and it's another to discard everything that's not the best. Yeah, because it it really does discourage people from trying. Yeah, I I think I think there's value to that thought. Uh, the last thought I I had, and this is one that Linguini uh, Linguini learns, or or is his uh, contribution and this is Linguini's contribution to these ideas is that you have to give credit to where it's due and you can't mm-hmm. lie about if someone else did something, you cannot take credit for that. And Linguini learns that throughout this movie to where at the end of the movie, he's telling Anton ego, the food critic that a rat just made his food. <laughs> and I think that's another really important thing. And it's really important for life. I mean, as a businessman, uh, as as a person who works in an office as an engineer, it's super important to be able to, as a leader, say, yeah, that idea that you thought was really good, oh, boss of mine, that I'd like you to give me a promotion at some point, that really cool idea that you thought is mine, it's actually that guy, that guy over there who sits in the corner over there and just does work. It was his idea. And, and through the the through being truthful and honest about where those ideas come from, you build a culture of honesty in your office and in your group that everyone is then elevated because of it, because everybody is okay giving their ideas because they know they'll be, they will receive the, uh, I guess the, the positive blowback. Again, my wordsmithing is terrible here, but they'll, you know, when you give an idea, you know, yeah, sure. Whatever that real word is. But it's super important. So I think that's I think that's another thing that this movie tries to teach, and 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 it's super important. Reward. That's the word we were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good old two syllable words escaping our vocabulary. That's gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, positive blowback. The the opposite of that is beneficial reward. repercussions. Mm. The. <laughs> When in doubt, just say more words. <laughs> hey, say longer words. <laughs> That's right. This is why I was really good at writing papers in college, because they just yeah. got really long. And it was oh, great. yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right. So I think I think that's all the ideas that this movie presents. And there's a lot of them. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any others that you were thinking? There's kind of an overarching idea really towards the end. Um, it's, it's kind of touched on here and there. And, and we've kind of talked about it. But it just like do stuff, you know, make things, <laughs> um, that that's an important thing to do, to just be creative. And something my kids picked up on, uh, one of them, we were, we were getting ready for bed and, and one of my kids, my seven-year-old looked at me and he said, daddy, I was just making my bed. Cause we make them make their beds before they get in it. Uh, because otherwise they sleep under like literally a ball of blankets. <laughs> it's like, that's, uh-huh. that's not going to work because you're bigger than the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, he's sitting there making his bed. He said, Daddy, I just thought of something from the movie. Okay. 
What is it? Fill me in. And he, he said, it was something along the lines of, even when family and friends disagree, you should help each other out when you need help. And I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? He's like, well, he, you know, Remy and his dad didn't agree on things, but his dad came and helped him out when he needed help. And then uh-huh. Remy's brother was about to get caught in a rat trap. And Remy, like, stepped in, like, threw himself in the line of fire and gets caught in the rat trap, you know, even though his brother is, you know, trying to be in line with what his dad thinks. So, therefore, they disagree with each other. And and my my kid got out of that. Even when you disagree with each other, when you are close and loving family and friends, you you help each other. Well, at that yeah, that's, I was, a, that's amazing. I was like, "Whoa, okay, kid, sweet, we'll go with that." <laughs> right, there's the other. There's the other moment that uh, Colette leaves after finding out it's the rats instead of Linguini, yeah. the Remy, and all the other chefs do as well. But then Colette returns because ostensibly she she loves Linguini and wants to see him succeed. So, you know what my kids got out of that scene, John? What? <laughs> when she leaves. Every other time that she gets on her little motorcycle throughout the movie, she has a helmet on. That scene, she does not. And my kids were like, where's her helmet? <laughs> Seizing on the important things. <laughs> well, you knew she was going to try to come back, but, you know, if she didn't have a helmet. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I was I was impressed that they even noticed. Like uh, that's not the point of this scene, but thanks for noticing. So there you go. Wear wear a helmet. I guess don't ride a motorcycle in in uh, anger. <laughs> I, I can attest to that. It's not good. Things don't happen when you ride a motorcycle in anger. <laughs> nice. Uh huh. As the resident motorcycle rider. Uh huh. Uh-huh. An occasional oh, anger person. <laughs> and occasional ang- ang- angry person. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> nice. Oh man. All right. Uh so let's see. I I think that I think that's all the ideas. I, I like I got I, like I got one last one. one. one you last got one, one more? Okay, cool. And my kids pointed this out. It was uh always try to do what you love, no matter what other people think of it another good one that's what because yeah. that's that's essentially what remy ended up doing he's like he's you know he's being told by certain humans that he can't do it he's being told by the other rats he can't do it and he said no there's room for me at the table too and i didn't even mean that like there's room for him to eat him table. Just, that was a good that was a good last pun there that was an accidental pun accidental pun nah, some of those are the credit. best ones <laughs> it was all me i planned it ahead of time um, yeah, but yeah, that so, goes against one of the other ideas presented is give credit to where it's due. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking give credit where it's due is part of the no stealing. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't steal somebody else's idea. Yeah, but, that's very true. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Booby. There's definitely like a lot of these kind of little, I don't know, little morals kind of laced throughout yeah. it. And a lot of them really kind of tie in together, you know, like with the whole don't steal and the know do what you love kind of thing which is i don't know i find it kind of interesting i've it definitely seemed at least kind of looking back on it that a lot of other kind of cartoon movies and kids movies kind of have just really one or two main messages that they're really kind Mm -hmm. of pushing through the whole through the film um 
And, and yep. this one really kind of had a lot more stuff interspersed throughout it that did kind of, they all did kind of tie in together, but it wasn't the same kind of like, you know, single overriding theme. Um, yeah. Which kind of made it a little more interesting to watch a second time around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it wasn't trying to, it, it didn't, it didn't come off as it was trying to be preachy. No. It, the, the morals were just there because they were. Yeah, because you know. that's what the characters would do, and that's what they have to learn. Yeah, so I think that's a I think that's a super positive moment for this movie is that it is that it gives lots of great morals, and you can learn a lot of different things from this movie, but it does it so organically that you may or may not realize that you're being presented <laughs> really good ideas. Yeah, which that is the mark of of a quality piece of literature or art is something that will convey to you really good ideas without you really knowing that you're that you're ingesting them. So Yeah, the recipe I, I, for a good story. Yeah. So there you go. I, I guess I guess that might be my final takeaway from this movie is that is just that. Is that it's a it's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's fun. And it is a lot of fun. So Let's do this real quick, because I have I have a couple nitpicks, or I guess I have one big nitpick for this movie. Uh-oh. So, my one big nitpick is these rats wait, wait, are some... Wait, wait, can I make a guess? What's what's your what's your guess? Your nitpick <laughs> is that the rats understand human speech, but the humans don't understand rat speech. No, that's that's perfectly fine. Oh. <laughs> that's perfectly explainable. Dang it! <laughs> at, at this point, that's totally such a common... That's such a common trope, it's not even... Oh. I, you know, whatever. All right. No, well, never mind. That's no my 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 nitpick is that the rats are somehow able to chase down, tie up, carry back, and throw <laughs> yeah. the health inspector and the other chef. Yeah, they totally so, yada 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 that. <laughs> they definitely did, and that's a big nitpick because I I just don't see any way of rats being able to do that, no matter the number. Like, I just, I don't see it happening. I I mean, I, there was a lot of rats there and it had shown that they were very smart rats. So, you know, it, it was an, I, I definitely watched it and went, well, they yada yada that, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that's my one, one big nitpick. I don't have any others, but that was the, that was the one. <laughs> nice. Did, did you guys have any nitpicks? I mean, the entire premise of being able to, from various tugs on your hair, you know, receive input <laughs> on how to move your limbs in fine motor skill. Yeah, I that's mean, true. that's he does it when he's asleep, even like that. Yeah, yeah. That that scene, it's, that that scene right there, kind of got me. I was like, wait a minute, this hair yeah. pulling trick is it working is. even when he's asleep. It's it's a pretty big suspension of belief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But eh, you know whatever it, it makes it funny. He's you know rat pilots a dude like he's a mech. We're good. <laughs> like he's a mech. <laughs> wow, nice. that's that's true. I have one that's not a nitpick. It just amused me as I was watching it. All right, uh, and it's at the very very beginning, and there's some sort of phrase out there like. You know, those people are leaving that company like rats from a sinking ship. And at the very beginning of the movie, the rats are actually leaving a house and getting 
on a ship to leave the house. So it's like just the opposite. That's true. And I don't know if that was on purpose, if, if the, you know, the directors and stuff were like, hey, you know this phrase about rats? Let's turn it around. I doubt that's what they were thinking, but it it, it popped in my head. Like, oh, they're leaving like rats from a sinking ship. It's kind of an boat, amusing so. inversion of the phrase. Right, right. It's, yeah. you know, it's not a nitpick. It, I don't, it's like the opposite. It's just, it was amusing, so. Yeah, my thought watching that was, why are they getting in boats? Why don't they just like swim or run? Boats are cooler. That was that was my thought. I mean, <laughs> yeah, clearly, and it set up you know him Remy getting separated from his family, but it was like they're just adding complication onto things. Okay, didn't need here's my nitpick: the least believable yes. part of the movie All is right. that any old grandma in France would be allowed to have a shotgun. <laughs> Especially a shotgun that shoots at least 10 times before she reloads. This is true. This is true. Yeah. That she would have it in her home. That is completely <laughs> unbelievable. It just wouldn't I, I don't know anything about French grannies and, and their gun habits. Um, I, I, but It's yeah. like pretty illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, I think, I think that is true. I don't, I don't know French legality of firearms, but yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Especially but, semi-automatic shotguns. Yeah. Well, I think you can keep them in like a gun club. You, <laughs> maybe geez. if it was a, I think if it's a double barrel, you can keep it in the house locked. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know, unless like the movie's taking place like 60 years ago or something. It, it seemed like it was pr- possibly it's... some point in the past. Yeah, I mean, there was there was no real technology in the movie. Yeah, yeah, there were no no internet or anything shown, just TVs and phones. Yeah, and newspapers. And yeah, newspapers. and TV was black and white. Yeah, so I could see this happening in the sixties. Yeah, or the fifties. Yeah. yeah, no, or no, whenever 60s, black and white TV yeah. was. I you know free love, let the rat cook. It seems seems right. Yeah. Yeah. And and let Granny have her ten round semi automatic shotgun. Well, okay. And the one, uh, what's his face? The one chef who's said to be in the resistance. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but which resistance? Exactly. Which resistance? Right. So, so that 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 to me says you know, sixties. Yeah, that's about right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. All right. We, we wrap that wrap that loophole up. <laughs> Well, we wrapped up the loophole that Grammy Grant Grammy might have a shotgun. Right. But yeah, not yeah. that Grammy has a shot a semi automatic shotgun with a with a I guess a shotgun doesn't have a magazine, but it has the capacity of holding ten rounds. <laughs> like that shotgun isn't made. <laughs> That's not a real thing. Yeah. Clearly yeah, not without being magazine fed. Right? They did not go to John Wick extents in this movie to get their firearms correct. <laughs> no. Nice. My my, I'll, I'll throw in one more for my kids. My kids' nitpick was uh, how is no one else in the kitchen seeing Remy when he's running around? Ah, uh, yes. The, the only one that ever sees really him oblivious. is his friend Linguini. And my kids' nitpick was how in the... There's no way. There's no way. Both of them were just like, What? This is funny, but there's no way that happened. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him that. <laughs> that's yeah, fair. That, that, that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if that's the end of our nitpicks, yep. let's talk about let's talk about some some parental 
guidance on this movie. So there's a bit of action. We've talked about Granny who shot her shotgun and then the house fell down on her. So also also structural houses and structure isn't yeah, a thing I'm super there. curious. I was super curious how that structure worked out that way, but I, uh, you know. Poorly. Apparently. Poorly is how it worked out. Apparently. And poorly for Granny because she got she, she's granny died um <laughs> no she chases him later with the gun remember she's got like her she gas does, mask she, does. On she chases she him after out. you're right yeah she, grammy's home granny's homeless now so because it's it's really only the center of the ceiling it's not the entire ceiling so oh you're right okay so granny doesn't die you're either right. way anyway so that you know there's some there's some action there there's the the rats go on a water ride and that's kind of scary i'm sure my children would be bawling their eyes out and scared witless um <laughs> there's dead rats you know, there are dead rats and that is that one that one could be pretty traumatic because dead rats are shown and we know that talk that rats talk now so they're like they're humanish and then they show a bunch of dead rat bodies i hadn't even thought about that my kids did not hit on that either mm. yeah i it's only quick snippets yeah but, but it's definitely pretty dead. much right there it's it's pretty obvious also, I don't know who just hangs up their dead rats as trophies. Like, I throw them away. It was the 60s, man. <laughs> Clearly in the uh, 60s, you hung up your dead rats as trophies. Can you imagine how bad that rat shop smelled? That dead rat yeah. shop. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> maybe they maybe they would hang them up like you would uh, you would pike someone's head outside of oh, your geez. city <laughs> to yeah, keep out the other the, ones. That's the, that's the imagery you definitely get. Yeah. So the yeah. rats see it and they're like, oh, rats go to die there. I'm going to stay away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You want to show yeah. how the mousetrap kills them or something? I don't know. It's I'm not sure why you leave know. them in your window. Yeah, it's a little it's a little sketchy. So, yeah, I guess that's a thing. Um, and there's some there's some thematic sequences with Remy running around the floor. We've talked about those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is some language. Uh, the the very British phrase bloody is used once by Anton Ego. Oh, didn't even notice that. Uh-huh. It's definitely there. So if that's one for you that is prominent, know that it's there. There's some mild name calling. There's some, you know, mild, mild stuff. It, it, it surprised me. It was a little bit more than most of the other Pixar movies we've watched to this point. I felt like the name calling was done by the, the bad chef. What was his name? Spinny or something? Spinner? Uh, Skip, Skippy? Spinner? Skipper? Skipper? I don't know, but I, I feel like the name calling Skinner, was done by either the bad chef or Anton. Skinner. Skinner? Skinner. Skinner. We kind of mentioned earlier the whole uh, out of wedlock thing, yeah. which is kind yep. of, you, you kind of can't skip that. It's in there. It's, it's in there. Not Kids probably aren't going to notice it. Right. But it is in but, there. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> Linguini and Colette also... <laughs> right? Uh, Linguini and Colette also share at least one long kiss, if not two. I, I, I'm not quite sure. Two. Couldn't see if there was any tongue. Two. <laughs> I, it but was I would France. assume it was French. <laughs> well, it's definitely a French kiss. <laughs> We think we're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, there's that, and and I don't know their their relationship is interesting and odd. So I'm not sure how to how to put that, but it's there. So yeah. Uh, moving on to substances, then uh, Skinner gets Luigi 
drunk. Yes, he absolutely does. He he does. Uh, and and that's a that's a major plot point. So that's a thing. Uh, also, wine is wine is around for the majority of this movie. It's served with every meal, which it's Paris. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, yes. But again, it's there. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the chefs all drink wine, which, eh, knowing my brother as a chef, they probably weren't drinking wine. But, you know, <laughs> that's OK. You can you can ask him for his 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 part uh, in this episode. Yeah, I will be. I know some of the things he drinks and it's not all wine. Uh, but that's it. <laughs> that's all that I had for for parental guidance and warnings. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts from you guys? No, I mean, I think that's definitely kind of those are the things um yeah i I think kind of especially based on kind of what you're saying jed of just a lot of kids kind of missing some of the excuse me just of kids missing (laughs) some of the details um that that i think there's a lot of potential in there to kind of like pull out some of these morals and some of these ideas um but it's definitely maybe a kind of walk them through it or kind of go back afterwards and talk about it kind of thing um, it's not going to be it's it's not the kind of movie you just kind of leave running and expect them to get all the value out of it is, is kind of what i'm getting the feeling of i i was it, it's definitely not a movie that i would like turn on well now now i would because my kids have seen it and they they get what's going on yeah but not the um uh, but like to if anybody's out there turning on a movie and just letting their kids sitting there while you're out doing work I, for a first time viewing i wouldn't i wouldn't do that with my kids maybe mostly because they just didn't understand what was going on exactly um, yeah i think yeah i think i'm in the same place with this one it, it this is this is definitely a movie i'll share with my children but it's it's going to be a minute before i do the <laughs> the young the young ones are going to have to get a little bit older before we before we dive into this movie the oldest one would like it Oh, I know. I my my older two, the older two would like it and understand what's going on. The younger three, not at all. So <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. Well, see, there's the problem. You just have too many. I have too <laughs> many kids. You should have had them closer together. <laughs> I don't know if my wife would agree. <laughs> yeah, because I had five of them under the age of five for a minute. You're doing you're doing great, John. You're doing great. I I'm winning something. <laughs> something. Hey, winning insanity. Here we go. All right. Well, I think final thoughts on this movie are it's a great movie. And if you think your kids are are at the point to watch it, then it's a great movie to share with your children. Yeah. And there's a lot there's a lot of good morals. There's a lot of good stuff in here. So uh, you know, have have fun with it. It was think, a it was a really fun movie. I think there's a lot more to it than some of the other simpler uh, Pixar movies like Cars. Uh, not, I think not so. That, not that Cars is bad. I just think that there's more to it to this one than mm-hmm. than a movie like Cars. I think so. We reviewed Cars on the on our last on the last episode. Jared yeah. and I did. And and Jed, I know you weren't there for that, but Cars is a really simple, straightforward movie, yep. which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But but uh, Ratatouille has layers, kind of like a lasagna. All right, and with that, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Yep, because that's also Italian, and now I'm explaining the joke, which is makes, makes, it, even <laughs> makes more funny. it so much better. Jokes, jokes are that's better right. when explained. That's what we that's keep right. our kids. Yep. All right. So, hey, for everyone who's made it this far in our show, thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you were able to be here with us. Uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, you can give us a ranking on whatever uh, 
podcast player you're using, that'd be great. Uh, if you want to tell someone about it, that'd be great too. If you want to get a hold of us or contact us, you can you can find us on, gosh, all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at livingmoviespod, or you can email us at livingmoviespodcast at gmail.com. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no, this isn't Toy Story. We're, hey, not, we're not Barbies. Anybody got a French accent? <laughs> no. No, oh, you don't want to hear a French accent from me. <laughs> C'est la vie. I don't know what that means. A demain. <laughs> Adios. That's El, yeah, that's El how you say it. <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the movie, it actually said fiend. So I'm going to end with a fiend. 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 Aloha. <laughs> Wait, also different language.